welcome to episode 7 of the Offline Gamer Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Ray. Hello, Ray. Hello. What have you been up to then? Oh, I don't know. What have I been up to? Not a lot. Playing games, uh, working, sleeping, eating. You? All of these lovely things. Yeah. Mostly that couple of trips out, yomping around the filthy, scary outside, dangerous world. Yeah, we don't like it either. No. It's too cold. Yeah. It's a bit naff at the moment. But I suppose we uh, we also ran a charity night, you and I, did we not? We did. Um, uh, recently. Yeah, thank, with uh, assistance from the chaps at the Bombs Go of Board Gamers. Yep. That we hijacked their gaming night for a yep. night uh, at the university where we work. And we raised how much? Uh, 43 pounds and 35 pence. Which isn't terrible. Yep, and we gave away, well... You and I, we donated some games from the Offline Gamer podcast and ran a raffle. And then uh, three lucky winners walked home with uh, some new games. Yeah, so Neil was in third place. He won, was Who it? Am I? Who Am I? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, John second, he got Monica Schmonikers. Yep. And then our lovely colleague, Gareth, yep. got Cthulhu Realms. Which was the one he was hoping for. He was for. hoping for, yes. Which uh, I bought a few months ago and never got around to playing. So yeah, he seems quite hyped on it. I think he's very into the Lovecraft. Yeah, I, it doesn't really. Themed. I just bought it on a sort of impulse buy, but I never really um, was that enthused to play it. Yeah, similar thing with Monica Schmonica's. I backed it because I was like, "Oh, that's quite, you know, cheapish. Mm-hmm. Looks fun." And I got it, and I was like, "I have no idea when I would ever play this." So somebody else gets to enjoy paying it forward gaming it forward yes gaming yeah. it forward so uh um, in news there's some there's been some uk games expo announcements yeah so we're getting prepared for that so uh we were the first people presumably i think we were the first people to buy tickets for both of the events weren't we yeah so dark room um which we missed out on last year because we turned up on the the morning what day did we go last year was it the saturday or the sunday i think we went on the sunday last time i think we did and yeah. when we went the tickets for the dark room had already sold out mm-hmm. on like the friday evening yeah so we uh we bought that so the dark room is apparently a sort of interactive gaming experience yeah it kind of looks a bit like twitch plays mixed with an escape room yeah so if you haven't seen a, a twitch plays Something. game thing i think they originally started with twitch plays pokemon and basically in twitch um the chat controls what happens in the game so in twitch plays pokemon it was like one of the original pokemon games for nintendo i think and you just have people shouting down 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 up 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 right left and it would i think it would aggregate the winning amount of well, that's direction like we had when we were yeah. at Wi-Fi Wars. Yeah. It aggregated the whole scores, uh, the instructions for half the room. Yeah, and then it became so popular. I think it, it became much more popular than anybody thought that it would. And now Twitch plays. I've seen quite a few variations on it now from the original Twitch plays Pokemon. Um, so I think it looks kind of like that mixed with an escape room. Andy from Bromsgrove Board Gamers says it was well worth worth it he went to it last year yeah so we'll we'll see well we'll report back on that when we've experienced it 
And uh, James Cook, who did his uh, Always Be Rolling game, sh- uh, game show, comedy show yep. last year, uh, is now doing a, a live pandemic uh, of the on the evening. Yeah. Which we've got tickets for. Yeah. Which, which is... also kind of sounds like Twitch plays. Yes. Because the whole of the audience is going to be one player in pandemic. Oh, okay. Because I, I haven't read, read I think, much I think, about it. I think there's three because how i think is it maximum four players for yeah. pandemic there's three personalities um who are going to be three of the characters plus the audience oh okay so we're probably going to be in charge of one of the characters yeah voting on where we go next up yeah year. i assume they're going to have it like up on a big screen or something that would be interesting to watch because obviously Tom Vassell's going to be there from the Dice yeah. Tower, so he'll be playing that. And Colin Baker, for some reason. Yeah, he's one of the players. Yeah. I, th- I don't know if James Cook is playing or whether he's just... Facilitating. What's Yeah, chaperoning us all to ultimate destruction or a cure. Yeah. You never know. We we played Pandemic. Yeah, well... Yeah. We might as well get to that then, because yeah. that's our next section, what yeah, we've been playing and what we've bought. The announcement for the Pandemic Live only came out a couple of days after we both had our first taste of Pandemic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as as we segue seamlessly into what we've been playing, as I say, we, we played Pandemic um, with the Bromsgrove Board Gamers peeps. Yep. I'd seen it being played before on YouTube, and I really fancied it. And I was like, "Ah, oh, can we play that? Yeah, play that. Yeah, play that one. Please, that, that one. one. That, that one. one. That one." And the guy who whose game it was had pretty much every single expansion, and he had the the upgrades to the cure tokens. Yeah, they weren't little, tokens; they were little glass vials. Jars, yeah. And we won. Just. Just on the last turn. On the last turn, we didn't die, which is always good. It's good to win on the first time when you play one of those things. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a bit disheartening, I suppose. What else have we been playing? We played just before we played that. We played one of our Kickstarter arrivals. That was Salem. Yep. Bit of a rocky start because we we were trying to figure out the rules. Yeah. But after about I don't know ten minutes, once everyone figured out what was going on. Yeah. People were starting accusing each other of being witches and everyone started to get into the uh, spirit of the game a bit. Yeah, I feel I feel I was victimised. <laughs> being the only I, female. Well, yeah, the, and the fact that I was the constable and somebody exposed my constable and I'm like, well, you're all screwed now because I can't save any of you. Yeah. Because I'm out. Well, the constable's out anyway. There was there was a lot but more the, yeah. to that than I thought there would be. Yeah, because it's kind of based on like the Salem witch trials, people, and the Crucible, um, and the person who was playing Tichuba actually was the witch, and nobody listened to me when I said at the beginning, in the Crucible, that person, that person, and that person, they all get done for being witches. Oh, okay. And everyone was like, no, no, no. I was like. Mm. I like the you know the whole thing that happens in the night phase though when all the witches can choose someone to yeah it's kind of like uh, what's it called Where- werewolf World. yeah so that was I thought that was quite fun yeah we have to play that again yeah uh, Spectre Ops we played yeah this I found quite confusing to start with yeah I couldn't 
I mean, for those people who aren't familiar with it, so you've got a board and there's four people. We played a five-player game. So there's four people who are looking for the spy and one person who's the spy. And the person who's the spy has to sneak around the board uh, and you don't know where they are because they don't have a marker that they put on the board. They just mark where they are on a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, but if they, if as you're moving around, they sort of like cross your line of sight, little markers go on the board to say, oh, you saw him when he was... Yeah, when he was there. But it turns out we had one uh, spy in our midst because when you play a five-player game, one of the four spy hunters is a is a traitor. Yeah, and uh, the person playing our spy, Aaron, um, sort of cocked up really early on in the game and exposed and exposed his traitor straight away. So, which was good because we didn't have to worry about who the traitor was. But it we lost we lost the player and we had an extra person then sneaking around doing things. Yeah. Which, in the end, when they showed us where each of them had been, we did spend a bit of time chasing the wrong one. Yeah, they duped us. Which was annoying. It was. But it was a good game. But I don't know if it's something I'd want to play play again. I also played um, Circus Flocati, which uh, was a Kickstarter arrival I had, which I think we talked about last time. I think so. But actually seeing it played again, it, it makes you realise there's a bit more in-depth Mm-hmm. than you first thought yeah it's actually a game that's been around for a while uh i, I didn't realize this but it's been around since the late 90s in one form or another Gen- yeah. generally german um prints from mm. what i can tell but um yeah so you have like the the nine the eight or nine different no i think it's seven seven different types of card so strongman magician acrobat and then you've got numbers zero to uh seven of each of them and you have to try and form a complete set and then at the end of the game when you've got a set then you count the scores of the different attractions that you've got but you can also get extra scores uh, extra points by playing trios three of a kind and each trio you play gets you three three points so if you get a zero or one and a four of a certain type of card and you play them and say oh, i'm playing a trio and that's 10 points at the end of the game the first person to unveil a complete set of everything gets an extra 10 points as well and then it's just a case of matching the uh but the way you reveal the cards is good as well because you take it in, you take one off the top of the deck and l- put it on the table, then the next one, then the next one. And at any time you can stop and say, okay, I'll take this card. Or you can keep going to push your luck sort yeah. of thing. And But if you get two of the same come out on the deck, that's the end of your go. Yeah. And you don't get to take a card. So it's like, okay, well, there's a few ones there. Do I want to try and get a, a higher number or should I just take one of the ones to end my, end my turn? So. Yeah. It sounds a bit like Dead Man's Draw. Yeah. Which um, I talked about last time because they're, they're bringing out a new version on Kickstarter. Well, it's finished now. Um, it's successfully funded. And it also kind of sounds a little bit like Cabaret as well, which I haven't played yet. No. What else? Last week we played Automobiles by AEG, which is the sequel to Planes, which was the sequel to Trains or the other way around. So you've got Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Yeah. Three games. Well, it's quite interesting. I mean, I'm a motor racing fan, as as you know. I don't know if any of our listeners know. but Yeah. So you have the board, which is the, the racetrack. And it's sort of like, imagine a deck building game, but with little cubes instead of cards. Mm. And the cubes are different colours. And um, you've got cubes which represent gears. So third, fourth, fifth, sixth gear. And the darker the cube, the higher the gear. And it also lets you go into certain zones on the the track and the higher gear zones uh, are longer so they get you further around the track yeah 
And you also have cubes that are different colors and that you can use them to buy cards, which are different colors as well. But then when you use some of these special abilities, you get brown cubes in your hand, which are just wear, like tire wear or engine wear. And they don't do anything, so they clog up your hand. So every so often you have to take a pit stop or do a special action to help you get rid of the wear. So then you can carry on going around, around the track. So I think they've done a good job of mechanically making the uh, events of a motor race come out in this in this game. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. It's definitely something I'll play again. Uh, Clairvoyance, we played that, which we've talked about before. Yeah. But it was a very quick game. I don't The, the time on the side of the, the box is, is like 50 minutes per player, and yet we played a four-player game and it was over in, what, 10, 10 yeah. minutes? Because you only start off with 10 health, so I think it's yeah. a very, very quick game. I think we're maybe just a bit too violent. Maybe we are just throwing we did, things. I think we did on that game. We did pull out like the grandfather clock in the first hand. Yeah, which is four, I think, and somebody cursed it, so I took five damage straight away, which is half. So then it's easy for everybody to just like pile on you. Yeah, because it only takes a couple more bits of furniture and you're dead. To be fair, if someone threw a grandfather clock at my face in real life. Yeah. I suspect I'd be dead anyway. Or seriously, you know, maimed. Mm. At the very least. Uh, so that's board games. So PC and things. Um, Final Fantasy IX came out on iOS uh, a couple of weeks yep. ago. I've been playing that pretty much nonstop. Um, Final Fantasy IX was one of the original ones I never played because I had a PlayStation for a while, an original PlayStation. But I never played this type of game on it. It was mainly like beat-em-ups and things. Yeah. So Final Fantasy VII and VIII were out on the PC. Mm. So I had the PC versions. But nine never came out on the PC, so I sort of skipped that. And then I got a PS2, and then Final Fantasy X came out on that. So I played that. Yeah. Nine I never played. <clears throat> Although a lot of people have told me, oh, nine's, you know, it's really, really good. It's got some of the best characters. Um, so I've been, I've been playing that and really, really enjoying it. I don't say I think you're not a Final Fantasy person. No, I've never really played it. Like, how would how does it work on an iPad? Well, it's the um, it's like a port of the PlayStation version, but they've upraised the graphics a bit. Mm. But you can either use like a, a virtual on-screen joystick, so you put your thumb in the corner and just move your thumb up, down, left, and right, and it moves your character. Or they've actually adapted some touchscreen controls, so you can tap on a. Uh, piece of scenery and your character will walk there and they've also made all of the menus touch enabled as well so when you're fighting instead of having to use the controller to scroll through the menus you can actually just click on them with your finger so it's a good it's a good port they've not you know half half asked it it's a really i've spent time on it the final fantasy 7 port was um not quite as good as this yeah um but they haven't done eight yet so i'm waiting to see if they're going to do eight as well because i really liked eight I suppose it would make sense. If they've done seven, and, and they've released a lot of the earlier ones as well. Mm. They've, I mean, they've been completely redone because um, they were done for, like, the Wii and Virtual yeah. Console and all that stuff. So they brought those to the iOS um, with completely redone graphics because obviously they were SNES and mm. NES back in the day. But, uh, but, yeah, so FF9, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, it's definitely worth getting. Yeah. Cool. I don't think I've played that many PC games this month. I mentioned in the last in the last episode I was playing a bit of XCOM Enemy Unknown and a bit of Armello. I've had a fairly non-computery few weeks actually. I did buy XCOM 2 
but I haven't played it yet, which is terrible. Oh, I've been thinking about thinking and planning for um, games that don't qualify for offline gamer discussions. Oh. <laughs> And just trying watching lots of um, TV series and trying to catch up with them. Although I have been looking at the the humble humble indie bundle sixteen because some of the games in there are on my Steam wish list. And if I got them in the humble bundle, then it would be like a third of the price of one of the games. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense, but then I'll end up with like another ten games. Only if I like, even if I only wanted like two or three of them. So I'm I'm ing and ahhing about that. But otherwise, I haven't been very. February's been quite quiet. I haven't done much games or computery stuff. Well, that's good. It means you're not spending a lot of money. Yeah. It means you can save it up for buying loads of stuff at the Games Expo. Yeah. And Comic Con. Oh yeah, Comic Con. Two weeks to go. Well, just over. T- It'll be two weeks. Two, when, yeah, when two we weeks. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're going to be there on the 19th if anyone wants to come and say hi, even though you don't know what we look like. Huh. You do, because we're on Twitter. Yeah. Just look at the website, look at our faces, and then just come and wave. So I suppose we should move on to Kickstarters, which last month I did all the talking. However, this month Matt's got to do all the talking. Yeah, I've, backed a, I've not backed a lot, but I've had more stuff arrive than... I've only had two Kickstarters arrive one of which isn't a game, and I haven't backed anything. I've had a, I've had things that I backed ages ago, which had really, really long campaigns that have finished since last time, but I talked about them last time, so it's kind of a bit silly. Yeah, I won't, I won't duplicate content. There are things that I'm, I'm looking at, thinking maybe one of which is my, my tog pick for. February. I'm trying to remember what month it is. Don't tell them what it is. If they want to see what it, the talk yeah. is, you can go to the website and have a look. Yeah, go and have a look. It's I've I've managed to pick another game in a good exchange rate to the pound. Yes. I can't remember what I picked last time. I think it was both of them have been in Australian dollars. So yeah, Australian dollars and Canadian dollars. That's where it's at. Yeah, back, need, back anything in them. We need it's, more of you Australians to come up with games. Yeah. I don't I, know if we've got any Australian listeners, but if we have. I don't know. Or Canada. Make make more games, Canada, because it's like the pound is two to your one dollar. Soz guys. Anyway, what have you backed, Matthew? Okay, well, let's start off with uh, the first game, which is Control. Now, Control is a small... Uh, 50-ish deck card game where you all play time travellers who have been tra- or are trapped in a rupture in space-time mm-hmm. and we have to refuel our spaceships to uh, to get back to the, the present. So you've got different types of fuel. There's, there's bronze fuel cells and sil- silver fuel cells and uh, it looks fairly straightforward. It, they, they met a few of their stretch goals so the, the card quality and the box quality have been upgraded and it's just designed to be a nice, simple strategy game. They've described it as being similar to card games like Magic and Hearthstone, but in a simpler, easy-to-pick-up-and-play way like Love Letter. So I'm not, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but um, we'll see. It was it was relatively inexpensive, and uh, I liked the, I liked the look of the uh, the art style, actually. Yeah, the art style is quite It looks really nice. Good. 
and each card has got a number between one to ten, so that must be how much fuel you get from it. Yeah. And I think uh, the silver cards probably give you more fuel than the bronze cards, but uh, but yeah, we'll wait for that to arrive. The estimated arrival on that is sometime in the future. Oh, how appropriate! Uh, actually, it says February 2016. So, oh no, that's the print and play. July for the. Uh, so that's not too long. That's well. It's just before your birthday, so. Oh, it is. Yes. If it's good. late, it might come for your birthday. Yeah. You never know. So, second thing I backed, which is my top pick, so I've got to talk about it because uh, I backed it, which is the escape room in a box, which is uh, rather, funnily enough, it's basically an escape room, but in a box. Mm. that you can use in your own home. And if you don't know what an escape room is, we talked about the one we went to a couple of months ago. Yep. You're locked in a room, you've got to solve puzzles and find the key to get out. Now, I think the plot of this one is um, when you open the box, a deadly toxin is released into the room and then you've got an hour hmm. to... Uh, see, as soon as I say deadly toxin, we've got this strange yeah, noise going. That's, that's the wind yeah. howling around my building. Um, it's decided to pick up uh, to noise level. Whether anybody can hear it or not, I don't I know. think they probably will be able to. you have to amp it up just to make it even more spooky. Even more spooky. So, yeah, um, in fact, they, they've just today passed $100,000 in funding. Um, so, basically, yeah, you've got to find the cure to the toxin before the air is up. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a one-shot thing because when you open the box and you solve the puzzles, that's it. You can't do it again. But you can buy a refill pack, which they will be including as part of the Kickstarter. And the refill pack also gives you a uh, like a script or a facilitator's guide. So when you've played the game once uh, with your first group of friends, then if you're going to play the game again with someone else, you can not play the game and you can be the mad professor <laughs> and you can talk yeah. your, your other friends through the game. So that's, that's uh, yeah, it looks looks like it could be fun. It's kind of like the escape room version of a murder mystery party. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. And the the, fir- the third one is actually a, uh, a game, PC game, which is called Deliver Us the Moon. To be honest, I I sort of looked at it and just watched two minutes of the, vi- the video that they had, and I thought, I've got to, I've got yeah. to get this. And uh, without actually knowing too much about the game, you play an astronaut, you're on the moon, the Earth's resources are running out, and the nations of the world have come together to create the Worldwide Space Agency. And then you go up there to uh, try and conduct research to try and save humanity. So the uh, it's like you you're on an ast- you're just a, an astronaut like lumbering around on the moon, but you've got jetpacks and rover things to yeah. drive around in and stuff like that. So it's sort of an adventure game, and it's going to be episodic. But uh, if you get the uh, if you back it on Kickstarter, you get all five episodes. Oh, okay. So uh, so yeah, that was. Um, Again, not too expensive. The Escape Room in the Box is actually the most expensive Kickstarter I've, I've backed so far. Oh, okay. Which I think was, uh, I think it's about $50 plus around $30 for delivery as well. Yeah. But I thought for, for such an experience like that, for a nice game you'll be able to play with your friends and yeah. you've got a good narrative, I thought it would be would be worth it. 15 euros for um, Deliver Us the Moon because I got in at the uh, early access Super early level. bird. Yeah. And I get my name engraved on the wall of heroes in the game, apparently. Aww. That'll be nice, won't it? Yeah. And I'll get a special Kickstarter around the digital item, and I don't know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've backed. What have you backed, Ray? 
Um, nothing. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I've lo- I've looked at things. I've put lots of things on stars, and then the forty-eight hour reminders have come up, and I've sort of gone. Yeah, really? Do I? Yeah. yeah. And then I've just been. In some cases, I've just gone. Yeah, nah. And in other cases, I've just sort of time. I've allowed time to take the decision away from me. Yeah. So one of the ones I did consider was the new edition of the Bermuda Triangle, which would have been another big box game. Mm. Um, and I thought it kind of it it looks it looks fun. It looks like a good game, but it's definitely a game that you're going to have to have people to have time to sit down and space to sit down and play and sit there and like pay attention. It's not like a quick filler game. Yeah. It's like a main game. And I thought having backed Draconis Invasion and Captain Nemo, Nemo's War, whatever it was called, I can't remember, and the Dragon's keeper castle french one yeah um with the weird box i thought that's that's three fairly big games um that are going to be coming so i'll leave off there are a couple of things i've thought about which are coming up which haven't finished yet as i said my my tog pick for the february post i'm still considering backing that I probably will. I just can't decide what level because some of the perks are quite good. Uh, but yeah, I think it's because I haven't really most most of this month. I've mostly come home and sort of chilled on the sofa and watched TV, so I haven't had the time to just like cruise the internet. Yeah. So in that respect, I haven't had time to sit there and cruise Kickstarter. I know it's on my phone, but by the time you get home, you're just like, eh, go away. <laughs> just 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 leave me alone just give me just give me food and give me some tv and i'll be fine but uh i i think i'll there, there should be some stuff that i've back for next time okay yeah. let's let's talk about what we've had arrived then so circus placati i'll discuss yeah um sandwich masters now this is one i backed uh, a few months ago and first of all, the box. I quite like the box. The box is like a cartoon sandwich. Yeah. It's very fun. And um, it's two to four players. And the, basically the aim of the game is that you're a person in a sandwich shop and you have to build sandwiches to fulfill orders. Yeah. So you have cards on the on the table that are, are the orders and they've got different ingredients. So every sandwich has to start and end with a slice of bread, obviously. Yeah. And you can have different types of meat or vegetable or anything inside um but there are different types of ingredients so you've got the normal ones so if, if something needs an egg there's a normal egg but yeah. there's also like a radioactive egg for example yeah which which you can use as an egg and the customer won't notice um but there's or there's also bad ingredients like broken glass and things like that that you can use to attack your other players and put it on their sandwiches and then there are also health inspector cards and if you play a health inspector on someone there are different levels of health inspector, which means that either if they've got a sandwich that's got a bad ingredient in it, yeah. even if even if the customer wouldn't notice, the health inspector would. So yeah. if you needed a, a ham, and, ham and egg sandwich, for example, mm. and there was a, a normal slice of ham and a bad egg, and you were about to complete it to give it to a customer because they wouldn't have noticed the bad egg, yeah. the health inspector is played on you by another, by another player, and then you have to throw that sandwich away because it's got a bad egg in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you can try to get rid of those ingredients by using them, but you've always got the risk of you having yeah. to throw it away. 
But uh, it's good fun. I played that with my friend Amy. We had a quick playthrough to, to play with it, and uh, and she enjoyed it. And yeah. I enjoyed it. So I'll definitely play that again. You like most games with food, though. Exactly. Everyone knows that. It's a food game. I love food games. What came next? A few days later came The Siblings Trouble, which is a storytelling game that I haven't had a chance to play yet, but I've had a, a brief look yeah. through the, the instructions. And this looks quite fun. I mean, I guess the, the storytelling aspect of it, um, we quite liked Gloom, so I can imagine that we would probably like this just yeah. about the same. And you've got four different siblings. I think they are uh, Danger, Adventure, Mischief and Mayhem. <laughs> and there's a male and female version of each one. Yeah. And then uh, you build a deck based on there's like different uh, areas like uh, the, the, the forest or whatever. Yeah. You take all the cards from that and you build up. Instructions are in the box telling you how to build up a deck. And then what you do is you play your way through the deck and explain as you go the adventure that all your children, that your kids are having. Kids are yeah. having. Yeah. And the aim is to get back home, uh, to get everyone back home at the end of the game. Uh, and so I'm I'm looking forward to playing this. I lo- I, I love the look of the uh, the cartoon style artwork. I think it looks, yeah. looks really good fun. And it's uh, two to four players again. And it's got lots of tokens. And I haven't even punched the the boards yeah. yet. That's how new it is. You've got the path, the mystic waters, the abandoned junkyards. There's all these different scenarios you can play. Yeah. And you have to try and get your characters home. So that looks like it's going to be good fun. Yeah, it's like a little baby adventure. Exactly. And handily, you can play it if you're eight years or older. Yes. Or presumably just a fairly intelligent six-year-old. Maybe. I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure there'd be intelligent six-year-olds who could play that. Probably. Um, so last week, the new Guards Against Insanity cards came. Yeah. Editions two and three. They were a lot worse than the first one. I'm not going to repeat any of the cards here like we did last time. But uh, I played those on Friday night with a couple of my friends. And, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good fun, but, yeah. You need to... You need to uh, well, it's like Cards Against Humanity. You've got to have the right crowd, haven't you? Yeah. But with this, you've got to be a bit more selective. Yeah. But I don't need to go into that, really, because I think everyone knows the kind of things to expect yeah, from that. Yeah, uh, Pick the Lock came yesterday, which was uh, just a small single deck of cards, which was... Actually came quicker than I than I thought it would do. Basically, you all play thieves, and uh, there is a vault, and you have to try and steal. You can either steal uh, valuables from the vault or from other players if they've got them. And then the way you steal an item from the vault is you've got cards in front of you. Your deck is cards four, five, six, seven, and eight, and then you can play one of the cards and say it's like a six. So that means that the combination to get into the vault. Is on, only consists of numbers between one and six. So the other player, one of the other players, then has to choose three numbers up to six, and then you have to say one. And if one of the numbers that they've chosen is one of those numbers, then you break in successfully. And to steal from another player, it's the same thing, except the other player is only allowed to choose one number. So you have to guess one out of six or seven, yeah. or whatever, as opposed to three out of six or seven. So uh, very simple, but I like the art style again. That I mean that. It's funny, that's probably one of the things that attracts me to games a lot. Yeah. When I see the, the art style, I, I, I sometimes just think, I don't think, how is this going to play? But I'm like, oh, that looks pretty. I'll back that. I think that's a big part of it, because I've been put off some games that have won, like, uh, what was it, Scythe that came first or second in Board Game Geek's top most anticipated games 2016. I looked at it, and I looked at the art, and I was like, 
meh. It looks a bit meh, generic. It looks a bit like all the other Euro style games. Yeah. And so I was put off by that, as well as the fact that it also kind of sounded a bit boring. But you never know. I might eventually play it one day and it might turn out to be great. Yeah, we might play it at the expo. Like the immediate thing when you click through onto a game, even if you're just looking at it to purchase as opposed to Kickstarter, you see the the picture of the the box and if the box looks awful, think... Because James Cook was talking about this on his comedy show at last year's UKG. Yeah. And how some of the boxes are utterly horrendous. Just random pictures of medieval men. European men. Pointing. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them can't even be bothered to be on the front of the box, that sort of thing. Yeah. And occasionally a woman in a castle window. And they're, they've all got it. And Carcassonne does fall foul of that typical design. But I wanted to play that because I knew what it was about. Whereas if you're taking a punt on something new, that you've never played before, that initial impact of like the visual side of things, I think it does it is still quite important. Yeah. Um, which I think is why some Kickstarters fail because they they don't necessarily have that while their game art might be brilliant, sometimes like the way they've designed their Kickstarter page is very yeah. dull and like bland. So people sort of think, Neh. It's all about engaging with your audience. Yeah. Yeah. It must be pretty difficult because I've seen oh, a couple. I've seen a couple of games fail, um, like oh, what was it called? Random Encounter. Yeah, that failed its Kickstarter, and now it's getting. They're already planning their second edition. Because it's or, getting or properly the, published. Yeah, yeah, it's getting properly put. It got picked up by somebody else. And I mean, that's not an example of a bad Kickstarter page. Their Kickstarter page was brilliant. I thought. And I thought it was a real shame they didn't get through, but we're still going to get the game. Yeah. Whereas, um, for example, like Sheep Happens, that failed twice, which really annoyed me because I really wanted that game. But I don't know, their Kickstarter page wasn't necessarily the best and I think they probably asked for too much and there was lots of like spelling mistakes and stuff like that, which, okay, they weren't native English speakers, but I've seen a lot of, Kickstarters from non-native English speakers who still managed to like get things spelled yeah. and all that. Um, but yeah, it does it does yeah the first it's like love at first sight but with games. Yeah. Um, so that's all the things you've received. I've received Cabaret, which I've mentioned several times, but still haven't played. Um, and that's it for games I received. Uh, but I suppose you may be wondering why we didn't mention what our topic of the month is at the start of the program. It's because we haven't got one. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Sort of. So in in lieu of like a good topic, they're all good topics, we were just going to have a look through some of our... Kickstarters that we backed last year that we're still waiting on. Yeah. So things you may hear us talk about, hopefully in the near future, yep. if not at some point in this year. There's a bit of crossover on this list, isn't there? Yeah. Right, so let's start. The very first thing I backed on Kickstarter is something that still hasn't arrived yet. 
So that's Grimslingers, which yeah. has it listed as an estimated delivery date of September last year. So obviously that that has slipped. Um, but the guy working on it has now got a proper publisher and um, he's reworked the game quite significantly and he's also including a solo edition as yeah. well. So um, he's working on that full time. So hopefully it won't be more than a few months before yeah. we get that. That was my third ever Kickstarter. Okay, what was your what were your first? My first one, one was Exploding Kittens, ah, okay. followed by um, a research project into pine martens and red squirrels. Okay. Uh, what's next? Addictive Alchemy. So you backed this as well, didn't you? Yep, that was my seventh. Okay, and that's got an estimated delivery of October twenty fifteen. So that's uh, again not not being met. No. You have to like run through your deck and drink potions to get effects to win. Okay. And adding various potions together? Yeah, and potions from different like classes, I suppose is the best way of putting yeah. it. Um It's a deck destruction game. Yeah. So on your turn you drink two potions, gain their benefits. And at the start of your next turn, you will be subjected to an even more powerful side effect caused by the potions you drank on the previous round. Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. So you've got to not kill yourself and not get killed and get through your deck. Get through your deck as quickly as possible, yeah. Um, I haven't heard, uh, I don't think I've had an update for that for a while. So. No, he sent one about Chinese New Year. Because oh, everyone's yeah. going on about Chinese New Year. So. Yeah, which I would have thought people would have realised, given how many years people have been using Chinese factories to yeah. build games. You would think some of them would have heard something about Chinese New Year and yeah. how important it is. Um, uh, uh, what's next up for you? The next one for me is not, uh, it was estimated to be delivered in November. So have you got one before that? Uh, n- not for games. Okay, so Monstrous is my next one. Oh, the yes. The game of Mythic Mayhem. Yeah, I think that's the one that I didn't back because I backed something kind of similar-ish. Yeah. Um, so that funded in July. You are wrathful Greek gods. The faithless mortals are down there and you have monsters. So... I guess you have to scare your subjects into submission, maybe. Uh, I, I, mean, I, can't, I can't remember some of these, to be honest, because it's been so long. Mm. Throw your monsters with cunning, combining their powers with location and other monster powers. Wreak havoc, edge the other gods, and restore the most faith, so Zeus declares you the winner. So, yeah, you have to scare your subjects so that they, uh, they worship you. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, next up is Dark Dealings. Did you back Dark Dealings? Yes. That's the one where have, you are a... I have... Have you got another one? Yeah, I can't remember when it was due. It was due... I think it was due in January. Okay. Um, and I think it's it's on the way. I think it's... What is um, it? It's Dino Dude Ranch. Oh, yeah. Prehistoric Adventure. And I think this one... Um, America, so continental America's have got theirs but the stock that went to Europe came in two shipments one of which got their fine and then the second of which got stuck at customs so they shipped out the ones that they had but I suspect I'm probably one of the ones who's still waiting for customs to clear 
Um, I've also got the writer, which is some Cthulhu playing cards, which I'm pretty sure was due... How do I even see when it was due? Oh, November. Okay. I believe. I did get um, an update of this today, actually. Some people are... He's, he's, he's had them. He's been packaging them up all on his own. And some people have got them already, but he's still got loads more to, sh- to post out. Um, but kind of thankfully, it's, it's only coming from Spain, so at least I don't have to wait for yeah. USPS to figure out what they're doing. And then my next one that's late is Dark Dealings. Okay, so yeah, that's the one where you are a, uh, an evil lord in a castle and you've got to try and fend off all the villagers who are coming to attack you. Yep. That's good. Again, that was the video that convinced me to get that. Yeah. <laughs> the two guys just behind the table poking their heads up. So, you know. Um, and then I've got uh, Molecular, the strategic chemistry tile game. Okay. Which was due in December. Okay. Educational, presumably? Uh, kind of. It's supposed to be kind of like nerdy and fun at the same time. It's it's coming from Oxford, so hopefully I won't have to wait long when they get it. I think they've only just had the final, what would they be called, proofs, like yeah. exam, examples, yeah. prototypes, that's the word. They've only just had the final prototypes a, a week or two ago, so I guess they're moving forward with manufacture, but yeah. that's, they're, I suppose, three months behind now. Um but that's okay. I don't mind because I back that one because the the tiles are all hex shaped and it looks fun. I just got distracted by the the pretty tiles. So yeah, what what what? Let me just get the thing up. So you're you're spending time in your lab trying to master your molecule. You're a junior researcher, and your supervisor is giving you specific specifications for a new molecule something with huge potential and it's your job to bring these ideas to fruition using the resources at your disposal Uh, you've got so you've got rival researchers who are also trying to make their own things and they could sabotage you steal some of your research right um and then you also have to apparently be careful not to blow yourself up so you get like a design a design of the molecule that you need to make. And then you have, there's a hundred hexagonal atom tiles that you've got in the box. Mm-hmm. And you've got to try and make your molecule out of those hex tiles, out of those atoms, and not get destroyed by yourself or any of your rival researchers. So I thought it sounded quite fun. And the, the little hex tiles were sort of a bit novel. But yeah, it's a little bit late, I suppose. But they have been communicative. Yeah. I don't think I've got any other late ones, actually. Okay, well, I've still I think, got... I think everything else that I've got is... I'm waiting for it, but it's not late yet. Okay. Well, I've still got a few. So, the best expansion ever for the worst game ever. So, this is that um, game, which is utterly pointless, but it's just basically all tropes from board gaming. Yeah. So, there's lots of cards for things like... Um, Dropping a player, recycling cards, drafting cards, uh, collectibles, miniatures, and they're just all completely random cards that um, do things based on 
um, common things that happen in board games. So it's sort of like a, a, a game for gamers, basically. Yeah. So it's it's there's no strategy to it. It's just completely random. And I thought it would be good fun, mm. good fun to get because I like the, uh, the some of the text on some of the cards. That was due in October. Uh, so what else have I got? That's due. Most of the rest of them are due this year now. So I think we are up to date. I'm still. Well, I'll just run through some of the ones I'm still waiting on. I won't go into them, but ones which are due this year. Well, that's actually out of date. Uh, Master Thief was due in January, so that hasn't arrived yet. Wizard School isn't due for another few months. Halfling Feast and by the rights should be here soon hopefully this month, this month according to this burger up um i know they've had a bit of a delay with that because they've redesigned the packaging mm-hmm. uh cadaver is due yeah is due this month as well uh, and and then we've got secret hitler gg uh jane austen's matchmaker and then the ones i've backed which are all due at some point in the year oh jane austen's matchmaker was due this month as well but I think they, they were relatively close to getting all those printed anyway, so... Yeah, I was going to say you only backed that a month or two ago. Yeah, it was, I mentioned it on last month. It was my yeah. top pick for last yeah, month, was, so... Yeah, for January. Yeah, so that's OMG it. OMG special yeah. for GG. So keep your ears open. We'll, we'll be talking about those and more. our usual more, yes. Yeah, because we we've, we've, we've got to survive Comic-Con and UKG yeah. without... I probably won't buy many games at Comic Con because there's not really there's much not you really can get there. there. That's yeah. But whereas um, UKGE's people showing off their games for the first time, so yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll be there with with some press passes. Yeah, and people will be hopefully. people will treat us differently because uh, we'll be there recording things, asking people to tell us about their fantastic games. Yeah, and convince us to maybe plug them. Maybe or we'll whatever. give get free copies off to some people. Probably not. Or free, some free print and play PDF files, maybe. Yeah, I think maybe. that's probably all we'll get. Probably. We'll have to um, harass Andy Looney again. Yeah. For more top secret developments. Yeah. Which we can't talk about at the Which moment. we can't talk about because he can't talk about. No. So that's it then. Um, yep. Let's do the domestics. So everyone should know how to follow us. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Togcast, T-O-G-Cast. Yeah, you can also visit our website, which is www.offlinegamer.co.uk. You can email us, offlinegamerpodcast at gmail.com, or you can just click on contact us on the website and just fill the form in. Yep, and you can listen to us on soundcloud.com forward slash offlinegamer. I think that's right. Yep. It's on the website. Yeah, it's on the website. We should check that. We do the same thing every month. Yeah. We forget the address. Um, or you can search for us on iTunes and just search for The Offline Gamer. You can subscribe on there. Um, you can also check out mine and Matt's personal Twitter accounts, uh, which you can find on the website. First page, down the bottom, with our ugly bugs. Oh, they're not on the front page anymore. Oh, they're not. They're on, there's an About Us page. They're on there now. Oh, it's on About Us. Because the front page has now got all of our blog posts on yeah. I thought that was better. Yeah. So if you, if you go to the front page and scroll down, you'll see um, show notes from all the last few shows. I've started putting those on there. Also our review of last year's UKGE and our Togpics. Yep. So if you've got any suggestions or questions for Togpics or the show or... Topics or Togpics. Togpic uh, Topics. Tog, yeah. The... D- 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 Say that three times fast. Topic, topics. No, I can't no. do it. Yeah. See, if you've got any suggestions, then feel free to get in touch. Or if you're planning on going to Comic-Con in Birmingham in March or UKGE in 
June. Then feel free to say hi or let us know that you're going and we can come and say hi to you. You'll you'll be able to see us because we'll have our offline gamer polo shirts. Oh yes, shirts on. we've got we've got proper polo shirts. Yeah, and business cards. We are proper swag. We might even make flyers. Oh, we might do. Ooh. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, until next time, I suppose. Yeah, we'll see you in four weeks-ish. Oh, it'll be Easter at the end of March. Oh, yes. Ooh, that'll okay. be difficult. Well, we're off work, so we'll have more time. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> in between all the chocolate. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.